Cut podcast for the week of June 11th, 2023, and I'm sitting here with Marissa Carter. Hello. And there's <laughs> there's Bradford out there in the sound booth. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going good. How's your mom doing? Everything good with she's she's well. Thank All you. Right, very good. And uh, Dave McPherson is not here. Uh, he's taking a day off today, but uh, we have a special studio guest, Sarah Shaw. Um, so for those of you who know that name, uh, my predecessor is Sam Shaw, and he had a daughter named Sarah. This is not her. Nope, not <laughs> me. Different person entirely, uh, for those of you who remember back that far. So we have nine summer interns this summer, and we thought it'd be fun over the course of the summer and the podcast just to introduce some of our interns. So Sarah is first. A uh, couple questions, Sarah. Uh, how, what area are you serving in this summer? So I'm Dave McPherson's intern, so it's discipleships with community groups and reading a whole lot of books. Okay, so since Dave is not in the room, what do you like most about him? What do you not like most? I'm just kidding. You don't have to okay, answer that question. Okay, I was like, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll <laughs> wait till pos- the end of the summer for that question. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Positive. <laughs> It'll come out eventually. So how do you hear about the, how do you hear about the internship here? So I knew I wanted to do something kingdom-based for my last kind of fun summer before I have to be an adult, and I just Googled. FB's like internships in Tulsa and applied for the first one that I was interested in. We win. (laughs) Yes. That's right. Very good. So you grew up in Broken Arrow. Yeah. And where are you studying right now? The University of Arkansas. I'm a nursing major. Oh, the university. So do you know how to call the hogs? Yes. Yep. Should Uh Brad, should we make her call the hogs or? No, it's okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So so a quick story, Sarah. It wasn't until I was in seminary doing my master's work that I heard somebody call the hogs for the first time. It's an experience. It's an experience. Um, So my next-door neighbor in the dorms was Arkansas fan, Mm. and it was a Saturday Mm. afternoon, and he got carried away. And, yeah, that's I've never been the same (laughs) since. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what is your, right now, if you say, here's, here's where I'm going in life, here's what I'm studying, here's what I'm probably going to do with my life. Um, and it's okay. It's okay not to know fully. I would say, first off, I just want to get into nursing school. I'll apply in the fall. And once I graduate and pass the NCLEX, I'm looking at pediatric oncology right now. They're like St. Jude's type stuff. Okay. You're smart then. I'm not that smart. (laughs) I try. Good good for you. Good for you. Marissa, do you have any questions for for Sarah? um, I'm I'm throwing you. uh, Yeah. No. How are you doing? Good. Good. (laughs) How's your morning been? Um, It's been good. Great. Great. (laughs) Well, you're going to see some great interns around the church. Let's let's make sure, and, and... and I'm meeting with them every week, and they're doing work for our church, and I love the fact that it's it's kingdom work. Uh, but let's encourage our interns because this is a healthy place. We want their experience in ministry to be a positive one. And uh, I, I say this to people all the time. When we hire staff members, I would not be inviting you to this church if I thought it were an unhealthy place. Mm. So hopefully it'll be a great summer for you, Sarah. It's been <laughs> awesome so far. I okay. love it. Good. Yeah, they're all really happy so far. They're showing up on time, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we have a great group of interns this week, uh, this summer. So uh, this week, we are jumping into Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, the first week, uh, we have looked at the introduction of this, um, the entire book, and chapter 1 in Hebrews really does focus on the divinity of Jesus. 
there's a shift between chapter 1 and chapter 2, and this focuses more on the humanity of Jesus. And there's one thing I'm really excited about in this chapter, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and get it out uh, <laughs> and, and take care of it. And I, I would not have noticed this had it not been for a, a great um, commentary, a great theologian on the book of Hebrews named Donald Guthrie. If you notice, all through chapter 1, Jesus' name doesn't show up. It, it talks about the Son, and it's not until chapter 2, verse 9, that the name of Jesus is actually used for the first time. Mm-hmm. And there's almost this sense of anticipation. When is he going to say the name? And it, it's almost as though the author waits as long as possible until people can't stand it anymore. Um, if you watch The Chosen, it's kind of like that first season of Chosen. You start to hear Mary Magdalene's story. You see her story and you go, when's Jesus going to show up? When's yeah. he going to show up? And he, when he finally does, it's worth the wait. Mm. And so chapter 2, verse 9, he uses this name of Jesus and it, it really does kind of form the the centerpiece around this entire chapter. So, um, Marissa, as you've studied, as you've prepared, uh, what has been significant to you? What uh, what do you want to point out? Um, well, Psalm 8 is one of my all-time favorite psalms, um, and that's quoted by the author of Hebrews in verse 6, what is mankind that you're mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him. And just to, to take that not only into... Um, God's care for humanity and for all of us, and in a lot of translations, it's it's brought into the language to include all of humanity. But here in Hebrews, it follows the original Hebrew, which is son of man and um, and mankind. It's a reference not just to humanity, but the representation or the representative of humanity in Jesus as the second second Adam, the son of man. And, and there really is, um, by the way, there's no New Testament author that deals more extensively with Old Testament theology or Older Testament theology than Hebrews. And um, for me, I'm given an insight as he quotes Psalm 8, which is one of my favorites, by the way. You know, we can read that psalm from the historical context mm-hmm. of this was written by David, a very personal reflection. Um, we also see that it's, it's very personal. We read this and we can apply this to ourselves. But then kind of the eternal perspective, he applies this psalm to the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as we can read so many psalms, it's good to know what it meant then, what it means to us, but also many psalms point to Christ himself. You know, Psalm 22, um, where Jesus quotes it from the cross, it gives a whole Christological bent of, of the psalms. Mm-hmm. And that's very uh, Jewish understanding of Scripture, maybe not so much that Christ is the Messiah, but that midrash of taking the words of an author and expanding it past the original uh, definitions and original meanings, and turning it and and seeing another profound idea, just as in uh, in the this one little passage in Hebrews, um, the author plays off the idea of of it being for a short time or a little time or a little while, and we won't get into that. But just the twisting of that wasn't the original context, but he takes that and in poetry and in midrash he expands it to be the time frame of Jesus' reign on earth. As you've said, turn the jewel just yeah, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So really the main commandment of chapter 2, and, and he, he leads with this, and I'm going to give just a bit historical context like I did last week. We must pay most careful attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. If there's one command that we're going to sit on as I teach this, it's going to be this commandment not to drift away or to use our, our language that we use today, many people are in the middle of deconstructing their faith. We need to be very careful that we don't slip into that, um, that misdirection with our lives. We should always be coming near, drawing near, drawing closer, not drifting away. 
Um, again, the book of Hebrews was written within 40 years of the resurrection of Jesus. The temple was still standing. We know that because he talks about the temple sacrifice as being a current reality. But Christianity had been around long enough that some people were who had followed Jesus now, well, maybe I'll go back to Judaism. Maybe I'll go back to what's familiar instead of my newfound faith in Christ. And they were drifting back into some old ways. Uh, so the author says, in fact, I think that's the, the whole thesis, if I may use that word, which do I it. haven't used in a long time. I love it, do I it. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but the, the key point of Hebrews is don't drift away. In fact, just the opposite, seven times in the book of Hebrews, the writer says, draw near, draw near, draw near, draw near. So, so that's the main commandment. And if I were teaching this on Sunday morning in a small group, I would ask the how question. How can we make sure we don't draw away mm. uh, or drift away from God? And there's, I think there's some keys to that here that we're going to look at in just a moment. But to hear people's practice of spiritual disciplines, what mm-hmm. keeps them close to God, and we can learn from each other. What you thinking, Marissa? I, I agree with that completely. If we pull away from the original message and the original teachers. And we see this in, in all of Paul's letters as well. You know, he came and he taught, and then he had to move on. And the church behind him maybe developed some strange ideas or, you know, uh, just drifted away from the original gospel message. Um, it's a very, very human. It happened in the early church, and it's happening yeah. now. If we're not uh, in community, if we're not sitting underneath a teacher, if we're not uh, in the Word, if we're not following those spiritual disciplines, and we just kind of leave our our um, our faith to ourselves, <laughs> you know, I'm the worst teacher <laughs> of myself, right. um, and and so it's just natural for us to drift away from orthodoxy or or from from community on our, if we're left on our own. And, and I'm glad you said that because as as Paul would teach and move on, uh, that drift seem to have happened in at least two directions. Uh, one would be epitomized by the Corinthians. Mm-hmm. So they drifted from their faith in Christ to worldliness, and they started to reflect the culture around them more than Christ-likeness. Uh, but then in the other direction would be the Galatian church. Mm-hmm. So they drifted away not by becoming worldly, but because, by becoming uh, uber-religious, of being legalistic. And so there you have the license and the... Um, and the legalism, those right. kind of two extremes, both of them... The grace and the truth, if you will. There you go. How about back to that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, there's, there's many, many ways to drift. And uh, I think if I were teaching this too, I, I think I would uh, maybe explore that question. If you were to drift, what direction do you kind of tend right. to drift in? Do you, do you beca- is it easy for you to compromise or do you become legalistic? So, mm-hmm. Marissa... And we'll ask Sarah that question. We'll ask Sarah that question. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I think my um, predisposition, my personality, would to be to drift into more, uh, more of the grace area, the more the the um, more of that free area. Um, but the point of our uh, spiritual discipline is for Christ to hone our personality, no matter yeah. what it is. So if you are uh, legalistic of, you know, he calls that self-righteousness and, and we'll correct that away from us. If we, um, err more on the side of grace or, um, more of a liberal view of humanity, um, then he'll hone that and bring us back to the middle to, to Christ. So mm. no matter what your personality is, Jesus should make you uncomfortable. So Sarah is having to sit here and endure our long conversation. <laughs> uh, so, so Sarah, I know you don't know our listeners, but you're going to confess your your darkest side to them. Awesome. So if, if, you, if, you, if you drifted more toward compromise and looking like culture, or do you kind of drift to be more legalistic and it just... And, and maybe it's neither one, maybe hmm. it's both. 
I feel like I struggle in the grace aspect of things. Like, Jesus was so loving, but it's hard for me to be like, well, this is the law and this is how we should be. But I also need to love people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. See, I, I struggle more with the legalism side. I'm just, and we, and we talked about this at our intern meeting yeah. this morning. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of mercy. Yeah. yeah I need to have more <laughs> mercy. But I, I tend to be legalistic, you yeah. know, lay down the law and the world would be better if everyone just followed the rules. Well, then Hebrews yeah. 2 is perfect for you because yeah. Jesus in the incarnation becomes the merciful and faithful. Oh, uh, man. But I don't want to change. So, so that, that big command is don't drift away. And I think it's important that we know what direction we tend to drift in, what our, uh, what our besetting drift might be. Um, and then uh, how can we make sure we don't drift? What are some disciplines we put in our life? But where the writer of Hebrews comes down is it's not about these disciplines. It's not about reading your Bible and praying more, although all those things are good. But he says in verse 9, we see Jesus. Mm. And if we want to make sure we don't drift... It's not about adopting certain principles in our life. It's about focusing on a person, and it's, it's we focus on Jesus. Now, as I teach this on Sunday morning, and I've just uh, this morning put together an outline in my head, so I think this is where I'm going to go. But if you look at verse 10 on to the end of the chapter, he, he does kind of give us a couple of snapshots of Jesus. He talks about Jesus being the pioneer of our salvation. So as we see Jesus, we see Jesus walking in front of us. Uh, but then he says, and this is a language that's a little bit uncomfortable for us to, to listen, that we are now Jesus' brothers and sisters. He's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. So not only is Jesus our pioneer, he's walking in front of us, he's a brother or sister, uh, excuse me, he's our brother to the brothers and sisters, and he is standing beside us. But then this third picture is uh, Jesus at the very end of the chapter being a priest before God. So whereas Jesus is walking in front of us and standing beside us, he's also sitting in the presence of God for us. He's representing humanity before the presence of God. I might tweak that a little bit as we get closer, but it, if we want to see Jesus, he, you're never going to go any place he hasn't been before. Mm -hmm. uh, you're never going to go anywhere without his presence with you. And in this life and in the next, he, he sits before God, and that's language from Hebrews 1. He's sitting before the majesty in heaven, representing me. Um, and so we, we see Jesus. Mm -hmm. We see him in those roles uh, as we go forward in life. And, and there's, we'll never be in a place where he is not. Right. Yeah. And I love that idea of Jesus as our older brother. And, and that's come up in the podcast before. Um, just that you think about a, a younger sibling and how you look up to your older siblings and you just yeah. hope and wish that you could be where they are and as mature as them and with the responsibilities that they have and, and you learn from their mistakes. But in Christ, we have this older brother that we don't learn from his mistakes, but he's this example of the pinnacle of what we could be and just the longing to be um, where he is now, that perfecting of who we are in Christ is, is a very... Uh, looking up to your older siblings uh, uh, image to me. Yeah, so do, do you, are you the youngest in your family? I'm or? not. I'm the oldest. So maybe that's part oh, of that's, it. It's just it's like you. I long for that older sibling to guide me because I, I am on my own. <laughs> so did your, My poor younger siblings. So you had a brother and a, you have a brother yeah, and sister, yeah. right? So did they look up to you that way? I, I think so. You'd have to ask them. Okay. But <laughs> Was it ever irritating to you that they always wanted to be around you? And No, we were, we were six years apart 
perfectly. So every time somebody went to kindergarten, my mom would get lonely and have another child. So six and six. But my little sister, (laughs) (laughs) my little sister is 12 years younger than me. And, um, and we have, she has followed kind of a similar path as me. And, uh, and I'm very proud of that. And, and we're very close. So. so so if I were teaching this, if I uh, were an older sibling and there's a great story you could pull out about, hey, my younger siblings, they always wanted to be like me and it was irritating. <laughs> well, we never irritate Jesus. He wants us to yes, look up to him exactly, like yeah. the big brother. So Sarah, oldest, youngest? I'm the youngest. Okay. Yeah. So you're the baby of the family. So did you look up to your older siblings? Um, Not a whole lot. <laughs> okay, you're killing the illustration. But, right but I've had a lot of um, people in youth group that were older than me that okay. were like kind of like older sisters there that I go. look right, up to. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily biological, but definitely people poured into me like so crazy. Can you yeah. think about one person who who was it that you looked up to, and do you remember why? And I know I'm just asking you I mean, off the cuff. There's so here. many people. There's so many people. Probably Gracie Klaus would be one of my number one people. She goes to Oklahoma Baptist University, and she's two years older than me, and she's just like a really good display of like how to love God and love others well, while also like having fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like small things that make life fun. There you go. So for, speaking from a younger, and I'm younger, young, I'm the youngest of my family as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, my brother was, gosh, he was, yeah, six years older than me. And my sister was three years older. You know, it was always wanting to, why can't I do what they do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and so as, as younger siblings, I would say to older siblings, never underestimate your importance. That's to, so true. Yeah. And so, uh, again, we look up to Jesus, and he just happens to be the perfect older brother mm-hmm. that we can learn from. Yeah. Hey, good shout out to Gracie there, too. You have to make sure. <laughs> you need to t- tell her to listen so we have another subscriber on the podcast. I mean, we're, oh, getting, we're getting up to like 100 people now. We got, we're really going to break through. And this, is, this is a big deal. All right. Uh, before we leave this passage, and there's one or two other things I may want to point out, but Marissa, is there anything you're just dying to say? Um, I, just the, the fact that this is such an incarnational passage and, um, I love the image of Jesus as the second Adam. That's one of my yeah. very favorite metaphors for Christ. And from Luke one thirty five, you know, when we, we hear about the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary, that is supposed to evoke this, um, the, 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 a second creation. Um, you remember how the, uh, spirit of God hovered over the waters of creation. And so um, just that this is a completely new start. And that's much of what Hebrews is, it is, is, is talking about, yes, this was good, but this is better. This was good. The angels were good. The law of Moses was good. The high priest was good. But now we have Christ who is better. And that's a very uh, Jewish and Hebrew way of understanding things. Um, so we have, have Christ as this completely new start, the second Adam, a new beginning for humanity that will lead us to reconciliation with Christ. And that can only be done by someone who's fully divine and fully right. human. And I'm looking forward to, pretty soon we'll be doing the Apostles' Creed. Yes, yes. In the so fall. I think we'll talk about more about the divinity and humanity of Christ then. But that's just something, you know, that is so unfathomable for our minds. Um, but I really enjoy thinking about. Yeah. And, and the idea, and I think chapter one and chapter two complement each other perfectly. In Christ, we see the divinity. I mean, he, he is the exact radiance of God's glory, the representation of his being. But not only does Jesus reveal who God is, Jesus reveals who humans should be. Right. This is who we should have been all along. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if Adam had not been corrupted, this, this is what it means to be fully human. Um, so I'm going to encourage um, those of you who are a part of this this summer, 
while we're doing one hard thing, and that's study the book of Hebrews. It's a challenging book. In fact, I would say the most challenging book in the New Testament, with the exception of possibly Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we've complicated Revelations way too much. Um, this is a very difficult book. So while we're doing one difficult thing, we're going to do a couple of difficult things. And the other is I'm encouraging every day to pray for 13 people. And we've handed out these bookmarks. By the time you hear this, we will have handed out these bookmarks on Sunday. Pray for yourself. Pray for six people who are maybe deconstructing or drifting away or who are struggling in their faith. And pray for six people who do not yet know Christ. And then on top of that, I'm encouraging you as we go through Hebrews to memorize at least one verse of each chapter. And the, the little nuggets for me, I, Marissa, if you were to choose a verse from, from Hebrews 1, do you want me to go first? Wait, or Hebrews 1? Oh, what did I say? You said Hebrews 1. Hebrews 2? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, I would Hebrews cheat and do two. Psalms 8 just because I've already got that one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Man. it's... It's two birds with one stone, Yeah, yeah, it? there you go. <laughs> you say, okay, so that, that's fair. So you could actually memorize parts of two chapters. Yeah. Um, I think if, if I were struggling with drifting, I would probably memorize verse 1. That, that I want to, and, and to turn this memorization into prayer, I want to pay more careful attention to what I've heard so I do not drift away. Uh, I do like the mention of Jesus' uh, name in verse 9. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be a great prayer. In fact, we'll talk about the Jesus prayer a little bit when we come to this passage in, uh, in a few weeks when I teach it on Sunday morning. And um, one I memorized by, by using the navigator's memory system is chapter 2, verse 18. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Mm -hmm. And that's, a, again, a great idea of remembering Jesus is is with us. He's mm -hmm. beside us. He's standing beside us even as we face temptation. Yeah. And I would maybe suggest uh, verse 211 too. Okay. Um, and it's an easy one. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. There you go. What a great prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You're not ashamed to call me a brother or sister. Mm -hmm. So any last words, Brad? I'm hearing music in my headset. Is that just me or... Uh... We have an overzealous intern practicing piano. I love it. Because oh. she's on deck to play something this Sunday, I believe. Nice. <laughs> she sounds wonderful. She okay. does. It, it, it did provide just a little a little ambient. Yeah. Uh, there's no way the mics are going to pick that up, but it sounds lovely. Proof that there's life beyond this podcast. <laughs> there's life beyond this podcast. Anything else we want to say? We good? I think we're good. All right. So uh, lean into Hebrews chapter 2. This is a great um, chapter on the humanity of Jesus, and he reveals not only who God is, but who we ought to be. And we are on that journey of becoming more like Christ every day. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may God grant you peace now and forever. Amen. 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 Amen.